What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Tuesday, September 1st. What the heck did August go? Yeah, that went by pretty quickly, but you know what? It's all good, baby, baby, because we are now nine freaking days. We are in single digits away from the start of the NFL season. Love it. Absolutely love it. And, uh, well, today on the show, you may love what you're hearing about Joe Mixon. We'll talk about Mixon. we got to talk about Alvin Kamara as well. A little bit more shaky there. And some more on Leonard Fournette. Yes, I did get projections all set up over at FTNFantasy.com. So I'll talk about what we have going on in Jacksonville without Fournette and a little bit of what's going on with Fournette on today's podcast. Before I get into all that, though, got to tell you about the sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because at MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there's no salary caps. You don't have to play against the Sharks. That means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and of course football. Monkey Night Fight has it all, and you know what else? MonkeyNightFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. Free money right there. With a name like MonkeyNightFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're getting into when you sign up to play. Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. And again, I've said this numerous times recently, but yeah, best way to help us out right now, help the pod out, go and sign up. Use that promo code RANT, R-A-N-T. All right, let's dive into it. So the Cincinnati Bengals uh, decided to... Give Joe Mixon what he was looking for. He signs a four-year, $48 million extension. Extends him up through 2024. I'm not seeing anything in terms of guarantees just yet. I'm sure he did pretty well right there. And this is pretty much what I expected when people were asking me if I was worried about Mixon and his migraines. No, not really, because they were sitting in a position where they could actually pay a running back. Some teams aren't in that position when they have money tied up elsewhere, but really, you know, obviously one of the biggest places where teams will have money tied up is potentially at quarterback. They have, Cincinnati has the luxury of not having to do that right now and for the next couple seasons. I do think Joe Burrow is ultimately going to hit and hit pretty big, but they're not even going to be thinking about extending him for, you know, a couple years now. So this makes sense. You're in a window where you can compete. They have a lot of work to do. They no doubt have a lot of work to do. But this move right here should really solidify our view on Joe Mixon. I know there's a couple things that, you know, we should be concerned about. The offensive line is the primary thing. And then, you know, the fact that they weren't very good last year. I do think they take a big step forward this year. But a big step forward when you're the worst team in the league. I mean, there's really nowhere to go but up. That being said, I I like Mixon a lot. I think he's going to be a huge part of this offense. And now, you know, I I didn't change my ranking on him, but there are times where I'll change my viewpoint on guys where I had said, you know, heading into drafts last weekend, wasn't crazy about him as a back-end first-round guy. And I think that's a really important thing to note. You know, I've said this over and over and over again. Rankings are not gospel. 
and sometimes people will take them as gospel. You have to have more flexibility on draft day, and you have to move players around in your tiers based on how you feel about them. So how I was feeling about Mixon wasn't overly concerned, but wasn't overly confident, so that was just enough to move him down out of that back end of the first round for me. I think I'd be back there now, especially knowing you know that I want to get one of those top 10 running backs. And I, I really think you need to accomplish that to, to feel the best about your roster without going overboard. And I'll talk about that in a second. Mixon is one of those guys that allows you the flexibility to go after a, a wide out, really a high end wide out. The back end of that first round is where you'd be t- picking. So you could likely let Mixon slide. He'll still be there in the second round. I don't think confidence is going to be that much higher heading into drafts this weekend. I got him. pretty far back in my home league draft. In fact, I think tomorrow on the show with things settling down a little bit, we'll actually get into that anatomy of the home league draft. So basically insights from the home league draft was going to try and do it today, but didn't expect all of this news. And I think this is more important to talk about right now uh, with, you know, draft still a few days away here, regardless, um, you know, you have to be flexible enough to move around in your draft. And that's really what I did with Mixon right there. He's a high-volume guy. He is a three-down back. I can't imagine Giovanni Bernard's going to stick around for that much longer, too. So for dynasty purposes, this is solid. And he's relatively young for a guy who is heading into his fourth year in the league. So there you go with that. Now that's out of the way. But we do have a potential headache brewing here with Alvin Kamara. Charles Robinson over at Yahoo saying that you know he wants Christian McCaffrey money. And that's a lot. <laughs> that's $16 million per year at a position where teams are really reluctant to invest in. And the Saints are, I mean, the Saints are still offering, it sounds like, a pretty nice salary at $12 million range. So the two sides not aligning here, that's for sure. Now, do I think that Camaro holds out in the season or, you know, what's going on now last into the season? I do not. I really don't see that happening. I've been over this with Dalvin Cook. I have no worries about Dalvin Cook whatsoever. I highly doubt that Kamara's last into the season. He, If he can't reach an agreement with this team, he wants to reach free agency and get paid. So in order to do that, he's got to play at least six games. And if you're going to play six and just stop, I really think that hurts your free agency stock. So... I can't see any scenario where this lasts into the season, though we are also hearing Jacina Anderson said that the Saints are open to trading Camara. Now, you could take that and freak the F out, or you could take it for what it's worth. I really think that if you talk to any team about any player, doesn't matter who the player is, and you said, hey, if the price is right, would you be open to trading this player? They would say yes. <laughs> That's the way the NFL works. Nobody is safe. So I don't know what the background of this story is, but I'm not going to sit here and sports talk radio and like radio you and be like, oh, well, the Saints, they're going to trade them. They're thinking about trade. No, that's not what the quote said. The quote said they're open to trading him. Of course they are. Of course they are. They'd be foolish to say, nah, nah, <laughs> nah, bro. We're not trading him. You kidding me? Of course they'd be open to it, especially a guy who's heading into a contract year. Of course they'd be open to it. Are they going to do it? That's a different story entirely. So let's not let this you know, get us all crazy in the head because uh, a little quote that came out. 
Of course, they're open to it. As of right now, obviously, I'm not moving where I am on Mixon. And by the way, I don't think you need to draft Mixon in the back end of the first round. Regardless of what my rankings say, there is a little bit of gamesmanship to draft day. So if you think you can, you know, you're on the 111. Mixon's there, but Devontae's there. You want to do a little gamesmanship, take Devontae and see if Mixon gets back to you, or vice versa. I mean, have at it. I don't think you necessarily have to take Mixon in the first round to get him. I don't think so. As for Kamara, I am not adjusting where I am on him. If I'm in number four on Saturday, draft day, backyard, stickers, cold beverage, I'm taking Kamara at four, provided he doesn't already go. I think this year the top four is so easy. So easy. Anybody who's telling you anything otherwise is overthinking the darn thing. You know, it, it's CMC first. Yes. It's Saquon second. Yes. It's Zeke. And I get that some people don't like Zeke, but come on. It's Zeke. Dude, over the last three years, over 50% of his games, he's been a top 10 fantasy running back. It's Zeke at three, and then it's Kamara at four. Five is interesting. Five can get very interesting. I think it's Dal Cook, but I'm kind of like... Yeah, well, if you want to go CEH, I'm not going to talk you out of it. That's basically where we are right now. But Kamara at four, man. Kamara at four, even given this circumstance. Even if things aren't settled out by Saturday, I'm still going Kamara at four. It could come back to bite me, but you know what? Uh, I, I don't think it does. I don't think it does. And by the way, the as I'm recording here, a quote coming across, across the wire from Ian Rappaport on Twitter. Kamara saying he hasn't requested a trade he isn't holding out. So they're doing contract negotiations. This situation is not very clear. But either way, that's where we are. That's where we are. Uh, The Athletic reporting at the same time, the Saints want to sign him. That's their first option. But if they can't, they are seeking a first-round pick. We'll see. We'll see. Again, I don't think anything comes to this. I think we're, we're, we're fine. All right, so let's talk about Leonard Fournette. He officially went unclaimed. I thought there was a chance he'd be claimed, unclaimed. Uh, so, you know, he's going to go somewhere. He's going to land somewhere. He's officially a free agent right now. I He's not going to make what he was going to make, that's for sure, the $4.167 million. And he's actually filed a grievance against the team to recoup that money. Now, the challenge here is the the reason why this all played out was that, remember that suspension, the one-game suspension with Leonard Fournette? Uh, that happened uh, when he essentially, he had that, that fight with Shaq Lawson, punched Shaq Lawson, that was it. So the suspension wasn't related to drugs, performance enhancing, or recreational, anything off the field. It was, you know, this... This incident on the field, you know, with Shaq Lawson, and uh, the Jags essentially are saying that that voided the remainder of his guarantees, whereas Fournette is saying that that is not the case. So this is a legal thing. This sounds like this may have been going on behind the scenes, though, and we did hear from the AP that the players were tired of Fournette. I heard an interview from Doug Marone where he basically emphasized, and I'm telling you, if we did the Doug Marone drinking game, it would be the word team. And we would have gotten hammered in this 30-second clip because he said team a whole bunch of times. Fournette not down with the team, basically. He didn't directly say that. That's not the quote, but that was implied. 
that was implied. So not a surprise there. He went unclaimed once he signed somewhere, which I would assume happens relatively quickly here. I don't think it gets to the to the start of the season and he's unclaimed so or unsigned. So if you have Fournette, don't freak out just yet. All right. Don't try and trade Fournette because you're not going to get anything for him. And it's silly to trade when the value is going down. You want to buy. I mean, if you can get Fournette really cheaply right now, I don't think I'd make the trade, but that's the type of thing that I'm talking about is, you know, buy low, sell high. So anyway, that leaves us with the Jaguars. And I'll tell you, so I ran the projections. They are live over at ftnfantasy.com. And I think we still have a lot of questions here. There's nothing definitive about how the work is going to shake out in this backfield. What we do know is a couple things. Chris Thompson is going to be the passing down back, no doubt in my mind. But we also know that Raquel Armstead was on the COVID list, so he's missed, you missed like basically three weeks of practice. So Divine Azigbo is still running as the top back in practice, but I'm just not convinced that that sticks. So what I did with projections, I sort of spread it around. So Chris Thompson, like I said, the primary passing down back, 42 catches for him on 55 targets. I have him with 59 carries. His career highs, you know, he he's never even had 70 carries in a season. And he hasn't. He's only had one full season in his career. That was in 2016. Otherwise, keeps getting hurt. He's 30 years old. He's really risky. I would say fade him altogether in fantasy. The next question, though, is you know how does this backfield shake out? And I think the short term may not give us the full indication because I do think we're going to see a possibility of Divine Zigbo on the 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 right side of the committee as the season opens. But I do think that Raquel Armstead is the superior player. So I ended up giving him more touches uh, and you know, somewhat sizably more. I have 152 carries going to him. So it's not a massive workload. 91 going to Divine Azigbo. I have 25 catches going to Armstead. He showed the ability. Real, he was impressive as, as a receiver in his limited work last year. 12 going to Divine Azigbo. So that puts Armstead around... RB 39, 38, uh, 66 for Divine Zigbo, 49 for Thompson. Like I said, don't worry about Thompson. Not not much to be had there in terms of upside. I would take a stab on Armstead in the eighth round, knowing full well that I could miss on that one. Because I very well could be wrong in my analysis. I, I think based on what we saw from last year, a lot of what I talked about on the pod yesterday, that's kind of where I am. It's it's basing it on a few of those elements. And the fact that he's a little bit behind, so we can't just say he's locked in as a lead guy. I also cannot say that Divine Zigbo is locked in as the lead guy. So that's where I am. I would spend an eighth-round pick. I think he's going earlier than that. Somebody asked me, would you spend your waiver priority on him? No, I would not. I would also vote to get rid of waivers and go to a fab system. Because it's 2020 after all, and waivers is it's an outdated system because it was easier. You know, you got to remember these systems were developed way before we used, you know, uh, online commissioner sites. They were developed when you'd have a guy who was the commissioner going through the USA Today and calculating everything by hand. So it's an outdated mode. I would say fab with a uh, first come first serve after fa- uh, you have your initial fab run. That's the way to go. But I would not use my waiver priority. Knowing the knowledge, or at least knowing what I think right now, if we did, if you didn't have a fab run yet, I think I'd probably stick to where I was. I, I'd do about 20 to 
And if he goes higher than that, then so be it. I, I don't want to spend much more than that. And and really, that's a stab in the dark at the at the chance of getting a guy with a high ceiling at you know 16 weeks of that guy. It's kind of where we are. So one of the things I keep noticing on social media, a lot of people have been tweeting me their draft boards, which I love, at Jeff Rackliff on Twitter. Love seeing your draft boards. Love seeing how everything unfolded. But a lot of people come to me and saying, I, I, I'm so thin at wideout. And this is the reason why I, I kind of bang the table for take what your draft gives you. And chances are your draft isn't giving you a ton of running backs early, especially if it's a 12-teamer. I think a lot of people are still forcing the issue at running back and thinking they need to be so loaded there where you don't necessarily have to be. I think you certainly need that top 10 guy. You certainly need that guy to anchor you. But then you take what the draft gives you. And I know a lot of people are reluctant to take their second running back in that fourth or fifth round range because there's some dirty running backs back there. But I don't mind that if I got two top 10 wideouts in rounds two and three. So I have my top 10 running back, my top 10 wideouts in two and three, and then four, I take a running back, or maybe even five, I'm pretty sexy at wide receiver. And I may not be sexy at my second running back spot, but that's the one place where I'm willing to be thin. If you have a draft coming up and you maybe already drafted once, I would say seriously consider this. I've also noticed some people saying, well, I'm thin at, at wide receiver, my roster, I just don't like how it turned out. And then they'll say, you know, I drafted Kelsey in the second, or I had somebody say, oh, it was the third round, I just couldn't refuse Patrick Mahomes. And it's like, well, of course, that's why. You know, That's why you don't like the way that your roster looks. Remember, you're starting one quarterback, in, unless it's a super flex or two QB league, you're starting one tight end. You're starting three wideouts, if not four. You're starting three running backs, two or three running backs. You need more of those guys. We forget these things on draft day, but that's what the draft day checklist was for right there. So there you go. Not worried at all anymore about Joe Mixon. Not overly concerned about Alvin Kamara. We'll see where Leonard Fournette lands. And, you know, I'm not over the moon about Armstead, but I do think he's ultimately the guy. Uh, could take a little bit. This thing is is far from solidified right there. So we'll be back tomorrow, another edition of this podcast. But in the meantime, head on over to ftnfantasy.com. Fully updated rankings and projections for all the Jacksonville Jaguars goings on. I took out Leonard Fournette for now, just not even in rankings, because I don't even know how the heck to rank him, to be honest with you. I think he lands in a spot where where he's a lead back, but if you have him, just here's the deal. Hang tight. Hang tight. All right, but everything else you need over there at ftnfantasy.com. Appreciate everybody reviewing the show on iTunes. If you haven't already, appreciate those reviews. Go on over to iTunes, review, and rate the podcast. Easiest way to do so is to simply open up on an iPhone, the podcast app, go to my podcast, The Rant, scroll down, click the stars. It's actually kind of fun. It's fun and easy. So help me out there. Appreciate everybody who has done so, so far. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, hashtag Rapack. That way I know you're a listener of the pod. All right, baby. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm sure there's still going to be more to talk about with Leonard Fournette and Alvin Kamara, but some insights from this draft that I did over the weekend. Some interesting things, man. I tell you, that'll be on the pod tomorrow. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.